Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the God's Own Scale podcast, where the smaller it is, the bigger the bang. The show is sponsored by Coat Arms Paints, for which there is a link in the show notes. Today I'm speaking to Max Sokolovsky from Geek Villain, makers of what I consider to be the premium gaming mats on the market at the moment. We found out about his gaming history, how he came to start the company, and a little about a Kickstarter he has on the go at the moment. Hope you're all well. We are living through some very troubling times at the moment that can make talking about toy soldiers and war games seem somewhat redundant. But if the podcast can provide a little distraction and bring some enjoyment into your day, then it will have served its purpose. It goes without saying that our thoughts go out to all affected by what is going on in Ukraine at this time. In hobby news, Bacchus continue to roll out the Pony Wars range and have advertised uh, this week um, a bundle that they're calling the Whole Darn Shebang. So all the releases needed now for US Cavalry are out and there's a bundle where you can buy the whole US Cavalry uh, portion of what you need for the game. But also there's an all-in bundle, the whole darn shebang, where you can get everything you need to play Pony Wars. Scotia Grendel continue on their release schedule with uh, a corrugated tin shack, a V1 flying bomb, and an LCP brackets M with troops, which all look very nice. The V1 flying bomb looks especially nice and would make a great objective in any game. A company I'm not sure I've mentioned before, Butler Miniatures, uh, who produce 3D sculpts of World War II vehicles, may do Cold War as well, I'm not quite sure, uh, but they do them in various scales and there's certainly a 6mm scale option. They've recently released an M46 pattern tank, which looks absolutely wonderful, I have to say. Uh, it's a lovely tank, one of my favourite tanks of the tanks that I know anything about. Um, and they've also released for the Cold War a 155mm howitzer and Foden gun tractor and limber. And that is a beast of uh, a weapon. Absolutely huge. Just moving up 4mm into the 10mm arena, ESR Napoleonics, 10mm plastic Napoleonics, uh, the wargaming company, have been talking about this now for a couple of months and they have digitally sculpted, not 3D printed, digitally sculpted 10mm plastic Napoleonics on the way. And when I say on the way, I mean by the end of this month, how those of us on this side of the Atlantic will get hold of them, I'm not sure, but I'm sure all of my American listeners will be uh, excited to take a look at what uh, the Wargaming Company are coming up with these. They look wonderful from the renders that I've seen. And the idea of a full Napoleonic range in 10mm uh, in plastic uh, sounds great. And I know you're probably all shouting at me, what about Warlord Epic Napoleonics? Well, these are 10mm Napoleonics that will fit in with most other 10mm ranges. Um, 
I'm not sure how compatible most of the Warlord 13mm range are with uh, what's out there at the moment. I'm sure there are one or two uh, other manufacturers that are compatible, but the Wargaming Company have stated that their stuff is compatible with the majority of 10mm Napoleonics out there on the market. So if you are in a position where you can access uh, these figures when they're released at the end of the month, I think it's at Adepticon, which is the last weekend in March, I believe. Uh, check them out, and I'll put up a link in the show notes. Um, sticking with 10mm, Pendraken have released some Aztecs, and they've got some painted examples on their website, and they have to be seen to be believed. Um, it's not a period or... A, an era or a range I've ever really taken a lot of notice of but I whenever you see examples of the Jaguar troops etc with all those uh, back banners and the, the many colored troops that um, were around in, in that Central American era uh, they're well worth looking at and the painting on them is absolutely exquisite so check them out on the Pendraken website uh, finally to Hammerhead, which is this Saturday, so I am recording this on the 3rd of March. Uh, Hammerhead is on the 5th, so it's Thursday today, we're two days away from Hammerhead. Um, there's three 6mm games that I can see to look forward to. We've got friend of the show, Dan Hodgson, with his Save Gordon game. That's no doubt going to be a masterpiece, an epic masterpiece, no doubt, uh, in, in size and scale. I look forward to chatting to Dan and having a look at what he's put on there. Right at the other end of the scale, we have uh, another friend of the show, Charles Roundtree, GSOM, uh, with his Bokor Manor game, which I spoke about in the last episode when I played it at York. And uh, when I say it's at the other end of the scale, that I'm not quite sure how big it is. Something like a three foot by two foot board, maybe. Um, but just as much fun uh, and I suggest you get along and have a go at getting uh, Richard Winters and the rest of uh, Easy Company uh, to take out those German guns firing on Utah Beach. Uh, certainly uh, you can't do any worse than I did when I played the game. Uh, and then also interestingly another 6mm game which is down as 6mm Wild West by the Wyvern Wargamers. Uh, just checking out their online presence it seems to be a sharp practice variant uh, for the Plains Wars but using the Bacchus Pony War range and having checked out uh, a few online images that they put up the, their figures look absolutely amazing I'll look forward to checking that out when I get there on Saturday. Uh, trading at the show we've got Bacchus and Rapier uh, and uh, I'm very tempted to visit Rapier and take a look at their Carthaginians and Republican Romans I know I know like I need another project at the moment but uh, I'll, I'll certainly check them out and, and see what they've got on offer um, there's also a tabletop sale there which is always interesting because you never know what is going to be on offer um, it's like a bring and buy essentially uh, so we'll see what we can get there if you do see me at the show, as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, the first person to come up to me and say, let's talk about six, we'll get uh, a small prize. It is a, a very small prize. Don't think that you're walking out with 
a hundred pound gift voucher <laughs> it's going to be uh, just a little token uh, a little gesture from the God's Own Scale podcast to uh, whoever comes up to me and says let's talk about six first I'm traveling up there with Aidan Keith uh, from the Stoke Club and I know there's at least two other cars uh, traveling to the show from the Stoke Club so the big club good presence there from our little club in Stoke-on-Trent. Okay, that's enough of me wittering on. You're not here to listen to me talking. You're here to hear all about Mac and Geek Villain. So, without further ado, let's talk about six. Okay, welcome to episode 44 of God's Own Scale podcast, and I'm very delighted to say I'm joined by Mr. Mac Sokolovsky from Geek Villain. Hi, Mac, how are you? Hello, guys. Uh, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, mate. Very well. I'm actually sat in my office, which is my war games room, and I've been tidying it all day, and I didn't get time to finish, so I'm surrounded by a heap of crap at the moment. I've found a little six-inch corner of my desk to sit at, so uh, if you hear uh, the sound of uh, boxes falling, I may get crushed under the weight, but uh, we'll see, we'll see how we go. So, uh, Mac, uh, Geek Villain, uh, I think it really needs no introduction, but we'll, we'll give it one. Geek Villain is uh, one of the premium mat making companies in the hobby. Uh, I think, well, everyone I know owns one of your mats. Well, that's really good to hear. I'm really, really grateful for your very kind um, feedback and description of the business. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's absolutely genuine. In fact, uh, a guy, uh, a good friend of mine, Keith, came to the club um, a couple weeks ago, and he bought. I think it's the Poland mat, the Poland 39 mat, 1939 mat. Uh, September, he, September 1939. There you go, September 39 mat, yes. So uh, he, he was proudly showing that off. Um, and it, it's one of the lovely fleece mats that you're so well known for. Um, but we'll, we'll get to talk about the mats and something very exciting going on uh, along the, uh, the with the Kickstarter uh, a bit later on, Mac. But uh, for all first-time guests onto the show, we like to have a peek behind the curtain of uh, who Max Sokolowski is and how you got into this strange hobby of ours. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Sean, you make me laugh now. You do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, strange hobby, unique. I don't know. It's you know, it, it's an it's an odd one, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, it is. And to the, to this day, uh, my other half. Um, sort of a laughs at me every now and then about me sat there in a the kitchen painting my minis. Um, but it is what it is. Um, but no, in all honesty, uh, I've started wargaming um, probably oh, about 20 years ago now. Um, I was seven, 16, 17, oh, no, it's more than 20 years now, actually. Um, I had a, a friend of mine, um, we used to go to school together, and he had a Warhammer Fantasy Battle miniatures. 
and this is my that was my first co- first ever contact with a war game in the miniatures and uh, I must say I've fallen in love with that stuff um obviously uh, back in the day um I I could not afford such a premium luxury as games workshop miniatures especially in Poland um you know I was uh, brought up by just my mom um who worked really hard to you know support supporters um, and I can only dream about having spare cash to to spend on you know on such expensive, almost for us back then luxurious toys. Um, so I remember, I remember um, you know one of us had the army, which is the, the friend of mine. Um, I think his dad used to work in Germany or something like that. I can't remember now. Um, so obviously he had some spare cash, so he was able to afford um, bits from it. And and then we had we literally had a cutout cardboard on which we ride the unit and when he was moving his minis we had the cardboard cutout in squares of regiments what they were and that's how we played because we couldn't do it any other way but we wanted to play so we just done it that way um and you know as they say where is the will there is the way and uh, i think we proved everyone that we you know we played for years using that um and then i i used to play um a war zone which is um, another war game. Um, I think it doesn't exist anymore. There was a company that tried to revive the, the the game a few years back, but I don't think that went really well. But anyhow, yeah, that was another another of war games. Um, and then, you know, life changed, and uh, I went uni, and then had other things to do, and sort of a, the hobby was put on the back burner. Um, I didn't really look into into anything much. Uh, I was I should say I was uh, monitoring the community, making sure that, you know, I keep up to date with the games and stuff, but I I never play. I didn't play Um, until about um, probably 2000 and um, God, I can't even think now, seven, eight, nine, 2012, maybe 13. um, I I thought to myself, you know what? It's time to get back to it properly. Um, Before I was... I was to you know buy a, an odd model here and then and everywhere and I paint something so just keep up with the you know just keep my skills there basically. Um, but I found a club in Leicester because that's that's where well, that's where I live in Leicester, um, and I went to the club and I met an absolutely a fantastic bunch of a bunch of guys there. Um, one of them is Paul, um, who I'm still friends with. We're like really good friend, best friends almost. Um, at the moment, and that all started in a wargaming club, and I was hooked into a, a bolt action. Um, I'm a massive fan of World War Two and the history. Um, you know, coming from Poland, um, unfortunately, my family had to fight, and most of my grandparents and you know great uncles that were involved in the war they were either captured or sent to Auschwitz and managed to escape and all sorts of weird and wonderful stories I could share with everyone, but I'm sure people don't want to be bored about that. Um, but obviously that's, that's where my passion about uh, World War II comes, comes from and, you know, listening to a story from my granddad. Um, so automatically by the game being based around World War II, that obviously grabbed my attention. Um, I started going to the club. I started learning the, the rules um, with the guys there and I bought my first um, army, which was British paratroopers. Which I straight away turned them and kid bashed them to poles. Uh, obviously, you know, there's no other way. Um, and then that's how that's how uh, um, um, hobbies kind of restarted for me, really. And um, 
yeah, and he, here we are. <laughs> and here you are now making a living out of the, the hobby. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you know, the the I was looking for for a match myself to start with, because um, in a club we're using MDF boards, um, and obviously they're very heavy. They're not very portable. There is nothing really that you can do with them. You can't take them to tournaments, or you can't you know, take them home with you and, you know, leaving them in a club, they were getting damaged and because the club was used by various different associations and groups, if you like. Uh, but I could not find anything um, in UK that would be of the quality and standard that I wanted I wanted it to be. Um, obviously, they were a neoprimat, which is a, a superb product. Um, but again, is the weight and size and you know the lack of mobility for it because you just can't you know take them with you everywhere because they they are big there's a completely different product to what we do um and then it comes to the storage um i, I before i lived in a, a three bed sort of a house um and then one was obviously our bedroom the other one was the, the little man's bedroom and i had a little box room um that's all i had to start with and i you know there was no basically no space for me to store anything and we all know that we got a lot more than we ever wanted or needed <laughs> and probably will last me a lifetime. And, yes. you know, I can live another life and I probably won't finish painting everything <laughs> I have. And, uh, amen to that. Amen to and that. And I'm sure yeah. I'm not the only one. So obviously no. with the, the room getting filled with stuff, with the models and everything else, um, there was the idea of doing something that would be portable, um, very easy to store and bring back those memories of mine where we used to use blankets you know we had a green brown blanket where we used to put a books under boxes under create the heels and undulation um which obviously you can't create with with neoprene or mouse pad mats um so i started doing research we start sort of looking into it um, and we couldn't find anything that it was made up of that style in in uk or in europe um i left i've, I've, I've kind of left the 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 idea for a while because um, I thought you know what do I really want to do it because I've, I've got a full-time job a part of running the business so you know I've, I've got a normal day-to-day -day job um, and I'm running the business alongside everything else and I was like do I re can I can I can I manage basically that was the um, you know the, the, the main problem for me at the time but luckily my my uh, my partner she's very very supportive when it comes to stuff like that and you know she said you know, if you don't buy the bullet, you will never know, and you always live in regret not trying. So, um, yeah, we were basically said, you know what, let's let's just do it, and yeah, we just. I remember first time I've, I had only six design. We got in touch with a with a designer that we use. We've got three different designers now, um, that, that that do the stuff for us. Unfortunately, I'm not arty like that. I've got no idea how to create those stuff. I tell the guys what I want, and they just do it for me. Um, because I got no skills with this, with things like that is way too complicated. Um, but yeah, we got touching it with a designer. Um, I remember ordering the first six designs because that's what we sort of started. Um, with a, we started with a grass, um, water, desert, snow, um, different variety of grass, and I think we had a gasland, um, sort of an eight figure truck. That was the first six designs we had, and I remember. Um, getting it sorted, and I, I think I've ordered about 100 mats. Um, you know, the, the blanks fabric, um, 
we bought that, we get it all sorted, we got it all printed. And I remember then I was using a, somebody else's machine because we didn't have a machine or anything like that. Um, and I've, all, I've, I've ordered those, we printed them, and I've started my Shopify store. And I sat there thinking, what have I done? You know, this, this is never going to sell. You know, I've just wasted hundreds of pounds of, of stuff you know, on the products of building the, the, the shop. Luckily, um, you know, I've got a, a bit of an IT background. So doing all of that geeky stuff on the, on the internet and around that, it wasn't too much bother for me, so I could do it myself. Uh, but still, is a time and, you know, all of that. And I was sat there thinking, this is never going to work. We're not going to make it, you know. Um, and I remember I've opened a store and then the first day nothing happened. And I start chatting about, I've created a Facebook group, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and I start just, you know, say, hi, guys, you know, with the Geek Villain, new people, we're doing the mass, this and the other. And then the next day, boom, first sale. I was like, this, this can't be right. So I've looked into, logged into the website, to the store. I was like, yeah, there's someone bought my mat. I said, this is amazing. What's going on? And my message said to me, you see, I told you, just be patient. Just, you know, it's, a, it's only day two and people are already buying it. And then within a week or 10 days, we sold out. And I was like, what is going on in here? I, I, I was never prepared logistically to be able to print another batch that quick. Um, so obviously we, we went sort of out of stock for, for, for some time because I, I need to sort of obviously arrange everything. Um, and then, you know, the people we were using um, as a subcontractors for, for printing, they had a bit of an issue with the machines and everything's kind of a slow down. Um, and they were really, um, you know, against me almost, I could say, because I couldn't find anybody else to print. I couldn't do anything else. Um, and I, I just got a bit st stuck. And then I've actually started receiving messages from people saying, oh, Mark, your mask, they're amazing. My mate's got it. When are you going to have a stock back? Um, you know, those type of emails, which you really want as a business, but you don't really want those when you can't print. Um, so, um, you know, a couple of months after we started, I've managed to find somebody else to, to, to print for us, subcontracted. But then I took a big, big gamble. Um, and actually, we, we bought the machines. We have hired, I've rent, I'm renting a unit out, so we've got a unit where we've got those um, machines and, you know, spent a lot of money on, on the machine because they like huge industrial scale um, printers and presses and things like that. Um, yeah. And the rest is the history, literally. <laughs> and then, you know, we started with, with, with you know, 100 mats in, in six designs to now we have nearly 50 designs and we sell, yeah, daily we sell mats five six seven months a day um to our you know customers um we sell we supply shops all around the world with our with our product um and it reached a point that you know I, i'm telling you sean that you know that first day i open a shop i never imagined that in a you know two and a half years i'll be in a position where i am now that was yeah i never even thought that this is possible uh, it must have been quite incredible for you to uh, it, to put that initial investment in to get those first few mats and then sit back thinking, I hope somebody's going to buy these. And and that first day where you don't get an order and then the second day somebody buys it, that, that must have really been good for the soul to think that 
yes, this is going to pay off. And especially when it's sold out in seven to ten days and you're thinking, well, there's a real market for these things. Yes, yes. I, I was completely surprised. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie in here that, you know, that we've sold so many so fast. Um, first of all, obviously, we are, we are brand new business. We've only been on the market, you know, 24 hours or then at that point, seven, 10 days. Um, and people trusting us with spending their money to someone that is unknown. Uh, it, it was just a mind-blowing experience. I, I must say, you know, it's really good experience, but it only shows how good the community is, how the wargaming community in, in, you know, in UK and, you know, around the world, how good people are and, you know, what's wonderful players we've got all around us. Um, and they are happy to support the small ventures, small businesses when we were, when we started. Um, and, you know, I will be forever grateful for everyone that supported us during those initial months, because without those guys, there would be no gig villain, really. No, no. So I don't know what the industry was like when you first set up, but um, I know there was neoprene mats have been around for some time, but were there other cloth manufacturers? Yeah, there were the other manufacturers um, of the cloth, not the fleece at the time. No, sorry, there is the fleece company in the US. Um, they were doing that, but it was uh, an absolute nightmare to try to um, get them in UK. Um, and obviously, it's nothing, nothing to do with the business or you know, what the guys that do it in the States. Um, but obviously, is the input, the waiting time um, to get it through customs, and you know, and since since Brexit, um, the prices went through the roof. The USPS, which is the national American um, um, shipping company, they increased all the prices there. So trying to get something from states to UK, it, it really costs you almost the half of what you're paying for the product, um, and that was the one of the reasons. Um, that we really didn't have anything in UK that was established and of a quality that, you know, I would buy and play on. And that sort of pushed me in the direct, you know, in a way to, to create something. So what was it that made you go with fleece then? Because um, I, I've, I own cloth mats and I own fleece mats uh, from yourself. Um, and, and fleece is definitely uh, my preferred option. Um, not only does it look great, it feels great. And I guess if you ever were homeless, then it would make a great blanket. But what, uh, what made you go with uh, fleece? Was it the quality of the product? Or had you, had you always set your mind on uh, doing fleece mats? Um, so initially, I wanted it to be a, a fabric mat, not a neoprene mat. That was the first principle of, of the product. Um, I was looking on, around the market, um, and luckily, um, my partner's family, they are aware or involved in one way or another into a, in the textile industry. So it was a lot easier for me to find stuff because I was able to speak with the people that, you know, do that kind of stuff for a living, you know, deal with fabric print. And, um, so it was, I had a little bit of support and help there. Um, and by, by the main thing was to create or recreate those battles that I used to play when I was 16, 17, um, 
where I, I could create the undulated terrain and the cloth itself yeah is fine you can you can do it to the extent um but it won't be as nice and soft as fleece um and then we found the fleece fabric um and it was it was almost perfect for what we needed to be um and then we obviously i didn't the either looked more into fleece in different type of fleece so it was heavy enough so it sits nicely on the hills um it wasn't too long the fabric itself wasn't too long so when you print you don't have a, a wide background underneath because the print you know the, the the ink doesn't sink properly into everything there's lots of technical stuff in here um but then again it's not too long so if you put a minis on them they won't fall because it's, it's the, the you know the the actual fleece is too long um yeah so that that was yeah and then we finally found the fabric that it was perfect for what i wanted it to be um and then yeah we just started you know we just started printing it so so there was a, a little bit of research then in into the type of fleece um and I, I guess the pile of the fleece would have come into it initially as to or how how thick the fleece was yeah um, yeah i must say i probably spent about three four months just looking at different type of fabric trying to get really? samples from all around the world wow and um, going to different places and wholesalers around uk and you know trying to find the fabric and yeah it took a while to get the fabric that in my eyes and in my opinion um will be ideal for the product i i know that some people will, will, will want to agree and you know fair play but obviously i wanted to create something that um you know i had in mind as a 16 year old and something i would want to play then and i'm, I'm you know i just wanted to share this with people and you know i think i've done something right <laughs> you definitely have uh, it they are without a shadow of a doubt my favorite uh, mats i own three of, of your mats um and i don't think i'm going to i i'm quite old mac i'm 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 over 50 and i remember the days of two foot square polystyrene tiles that we would buy we would go to a war game show and we'd buy five six seven eight nine of these tiles and that you can imagine the bulk of them two foot square and probably two inches thick uh covered in in a flock the the old tss terrain tiles that i'm sure most of the listeners uh, will be uh, used to um and trying to cart those around to a show for a demonstration game or just down to the club was a major log logistical exercise whereas with your mat it, it folds up into a bag <laughs> And uh, I, I take it down to the, the club and I throw it over the table over some um, bits that are put underneath. And I'll talk about those bits that are put underneath in a minute. But it looks far more realistic um, than anything that we ever used 10, 20 years ago. Because you'd have the polystyrene hills, which were sort of square shaped, if you like, that you place on top. And that... Uh, I mean, they, they were great at the time, but there's nothing comes close uh, to what your mats do in my eyes. They are, for me, they are the market leader. I'll, 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 I'll hang my hat on that <laughs> and, and stand on any hill and say that uh, Geek Villain are, are the market leader just because, uh, not just because of the designs, but the, the quality of the cloth um, and the look of them, the, the durability, they're just incredible mats. 
Thank you. Thank you, Sean. It's, it's, it's really nice to hear, you know, such a kind feedback um, about but, the product. Uh, really but do you get where I'm coming from with the, the fact that now in, in this modern world that we're living in, we've got these wonderful products, and there are other companies, obviously, uh, but... Uh, in days of old, we'd, we'd be carrying around huge boxes full of this terrain, but now you can do it with one of your mats and a few bits and pieces thrown underneath it to make your hills. It's just, we're, we're living in a golden age. Yes. Uh, uh, I never experienced that. I'm, I'm not going to I'm lying here. Well, um, you're quite a bit younger than me, uh, Mark. I've worked the maths out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm way too young to remember those days. Yes, there you go, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't remember those days. Um, however, I do remember days where we had to carry, um, you know, a, a MDF board that we used to make. Um, you know, it was a bit different to what you guys did. Um, in aspect, but it's, it's, you know, a similar idea. You had a, a huge MDF board um, with all of your trenches and terrain and, and flock and trying to squeeze this in a car and then go to the show or not the show, the tournament, and then set it up and then take it back. By the time you come back, half of it was broken. Yes. Oh, it was, it yes. was just a, a, a nightmare. <laughs> well, something you... Now, I'm trying to think when I saw this, Mac, and where I saw it. It was either Facebook or Twitter, but um, something that you posted up probably last year at some point uh, convinced me that your mats were the way to go. And it's where you'd set uh, a table up and built some Normandy bocage by putting, and I think it was a pair of socks or something that you'd put under the mat, uh, so you you built this embankment for the Bocage hedgerow, uh, and you got the road running along uh, beneath it, if you like. Um, and something in the photography or the, how you just set it up just made me think: well, this is the this is the future, really. You don't need these um, sculpted uh, MDF boards anymore. Just by getting a pair of old socks. Uh, underneath your mat and then putting some hedgerow on top of that and a few trees around and a bit of scatter, then you, you're getting something that is a real quality table. Yes, we, I think it was last year or, or even a year before. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing track of time, to be honest, Mac. It, it could have been the year before. You're not the only one. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I've set up the table, um, which was in Normandy. I think it was another... Um, it was a British armored platoon, I think, on the, on the mat, as far as, as if I can remember. Um, and yes, we you have used then um, some t-shirts and some socks to create the heels, and then we, I've put a, a mat on top of all of that um, to create that undulation and create those fantastic 3D effect, almost if you like, on the table. Um, and then again, this is us going back to my days when we played because we didn't have anything fancy and we literally emptied a drawer in my mate's house, took his T-shirts, hoodies and whatever he had, put it on the floor with a green, you know, a, a blanket that he pinched from his, from his mum's, you know, living room, chucked it on the floor and we had the most amazing battlefield when the dwarves and the elves were fighting and we spent the hours, you know, doing all that stuff. 
yeah, I think he's crazy. Um, looking at it, but looking at it now, but yeah, you know, that's how we started. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, if you hadn't have done that, you'd have never had the idea for this company, would you? So uh, no, it's a no, good job true. you did. And and uh, one of one one of the things is Matt. I think one of the one of the absolute sort of gems of of using the mats is that you, when you used your MDF boards or when I used the polystyrene tiles. The tabletops were like snooker tables, like billiard tables. Um, they'd be dead flat all the way across. But with your your mats and you put your socks underneath and some old pants or whatever, you've got the you've got those little undulations. There's there's no flat area because the real world isn't flat, is it? There's bumps and humps and lumps and hollows all over the place, and you you get to recreate that using your mats. Yep, absolutely. And then, you know, using certain certain systems, um, wargaming systems, that is quite important. Um, I'm talking in here especially about uh, two fat lardies, games like Chain of Command um, and David Brown's O-Group, um, which is one of non-many wargames um, using a high ground as advantage to, to your firing skills and, you know, all of that. So having a flat table, you don't really, you won't get it as much. Or you obviously, you can't create stuff with, you know, um, styrofoam or MDF heels and things like that, which is, you know, that's the way of doing it. And, you know, it's superb because I've used it in the past. Um, but obviously, with creating something under the mat, you, as you said, it will give you that look of the table that is quite difficult to achieve otherwise. Um, and you can play the rules to the full advantage and yet have the, a, a, a nice looking table at the same time. And a unique table each time. It is, yes. Because you can have a different hoodie next week and the hoodie will be completely different. So your heels will be different. <laughs> yeah. Or your wife's new dress or something, you know, anything really. I, I, I don't I wouldn't push that far. If I am a <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you're if you're sculpting styrofoam or MDF, you're set, aren't you? Your table is set. And you can't really change it. Whereas with this, you put any, you can use anything, can't you? You can use books or, or uh, a tea towel or something, anything to hand. And you're creating um, what for me is one of the most realistic tabletops that you can get uh, outside of sort of a railway uh, model uh, setup where, um, well, you know, for wargaming, this is absolutely perfect. Um, and it, it's transformed how I look at my terrain now because previously I would buy hills from companies who made hills and plonk them on top of the board, whereas now I, I don't need any separate hills. I just need an old pair of socks and, and one of your mats. So it's um, one, of, one of the things I, I do mean to ask before we go any further, uh, Mac, is Geek Villain. Tell me where that's from. <laughs> this this is my other half's nickname for me. <laughs> right, okay, okay. <laughs> do, do, do you wish to tell us why? <laughs> um, so she she knows how geeky I am, right? And and obviously all that that side of the stuff. But I the same. I, you know, when I was younger, she saw my pictures of uh, photos of me when I was, 
you know, 15 and 14 growing up. And uh, she used to tell me, you, you really wanted to look like a villain, did you? Didn't you? And I was like, would you stop? This is, you know, I was a teenager, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. those photos, you know, ended up in her hands and she would never stop laughing at it now. So, uh, oh, that's brilliant. Started to then look at calling me geek villain. He said, you are a bit of a geek and a bit of a villain. Um, <laughs> And then That's I was perfect. sat at home thinking about, you know, how should we call the the business? And she was like, just call it Geek Villain. Yeah. And I was like, well, she said, trust me, it will, it will be catchy and people will be asking you why. And I will yes. give you a chance to, to talk to people, you know, and expand why this is. And then obviously attract their attention. And I was like, oh, actually, it's not that bad because most of our most of us in life are a bit of a geeks and we are a bit of a villains in one way or another. Um, so, it's Yeah. It, yeah, certainly it describes me very well, Matt, to be honest. But um, <laughs> so is my, which my other half's doing. Uh, yeah. uh, well, well done to uh, Max of the Half, and that's uh, because uh, it is a unique name, isn't it? And it's one that sticks easily into into people's heads. And I think uh, when, when you're in business, um, then that's really important to have something that just will stick there. So. So uh, you, you're a bolt action player, then. Um, what what are you playing at the minute? What uh, what forces are you playing? So I've played bolt action, um, and I, ha I have a a Polish paratroopers. Um, I've got a British, late British um, army, um, mainly for Normandy. Um, however, at the minute uh, bolt action is put a little bit on a on a back burner. Um, because I'm completely taken by a chain of command oh, okay. by Rick Clark and by O Group, but Dave Brown. Um, and now I cannot remember when the last time I've played bolt action, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Because we are completely killing it with the O Group in, in a club. Because I run a, a part of all of that I do, I run the gaming club as well. So I've got the gaming <laughs> club. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. There's not enough on on your plate, is there, Matt? You just need a little bit extra. <laughs> um, you know, at this moment of time, I'm trying to um, think about a time when I can go and sleep. <laughs> you sleep when you're dead, Mac. That's what they say, isn't it? You sleep yeah, when you're but dead. at least you know I'm I'm living life to the full. Um, good, good. <laughs> yeah, so in a club, we're now um, obviously the guys playing various different games and stuff. Uh, we meet up every Monday, so if anyone is interested. Uh, you want to welcome. If you are around Leicester on Monday evenings between seven and eleven, give us a shout, pop down, uh, and have a you know roll the dice with us, no problem. Is that the? It's not Leicester Fat Cats, is it? Or is it? And, and no, no, no. Leicester Fat Cats. No, we've got a Geek Villain Gaming Club. Believe it or not. Oh, oh. brilliant, brilliant. Um, and we play in one of the villages out on the outskirts of Leicester, because um, sort of a Leicester city is saturated with clubs. There's a couple of clubs there and the stores. So we thought of, I thought about opening something on the outskirts so everyone who lives. In the villages and outside of Leicester, it's easier for them to travel. So um, yeah, yeah, that's that's. Um, uh, and which village is that? Is a little village called Littlethorpe. Is next to Enderby and Narborough. Is Narborough train station, about five ten minutes walk to the club. So if someone wants to come and visit us, seriously, every Monday pop down. You know, more than happy to host. If you want to have a look at the products, we use obviously our Mazda. Uh, on the table, so people are more than welcome to come in and have a look, have a chat. You know, everyone's welcome. There's always tea, coffee, and biscuits waiting for everyone. Fantastic. And I guess they can get in touch with you through the Geek Villain website. Or... Yeah, Geek Villain website on Facebook. Um, drop us and drop me an email. There's my phone number there. Um, give me a bell. More than happy to chat with people. No problem at all. 
So O Group then, that's sort of the new kid on the block, isn't it? What scale are you playing that in? So I was uh, I was a very dedicated 28 mil wargamer for all of my wargaming time. Um, I thought that's, this is the only scale that people should play wargames. I know, I know, I know. You're on a six mil gaming po- podcast, Mark. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'll let you off. Don't you worry. <laughs> but this is this is this is the this is the old Mark. No, oh, okay. Mark good. 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 Um, so the new Mark plays O Group in fifteen mil. Um, so I've, I've, I think within a matter of a month, I've managed to three D print because that's another thing we do with three D print stuff as well. Um, so I've managed to 3D print three armies, paint them, and put them on the table. No. Uh, yes. Yep. That's incredible. Yep. So I've got three battalions of British, French, and Winter Russians for all group. I was blown away by the rules of all group. I absolutely love them. Um, and now, after having a chat with... He's going to kill me for not remember his name. And I'm really sorry. I know the name of a company. Pete. There you go, Peter from okay. Bacchus. Oh, yes. Uh, obviously. I, I know Peter, yeah, I've, I've heard of him, yeah. On one of the shows, um, we we had a good chat about stuff, and I'm, I am considering trialing, trialing a, a 6 mil army, because I don't think I will have the patience to paint that. And I know a lot of people say that a lot easier, but is that kind of a fear of going that small in the minis? Um but I am seriously considering of uh, a getting a British, um, British late war um, in six mil and just you know having a play with it, see see what I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. well, O Group is Peter's uh, rules of choice now for how he packages his figures, his World War Two figures. So uh, I'm I'm convinced that Peter will have just what you're looking for, whether it's a division or a brigade. Uh, whether it's paratroops, whether it's uh, the foot sluggers, or so. Uh, I, listen, once you've gone to six, you never go back, Mark. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. It's a six mil dedicated podcast, but we, I do accept there are other scales out there. <laughs> and in fact, I, I, I've recently been painting some twenty eight mil. So, uh, oh, now uh, you're struggling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's very interesting. Hope. I, I, I've been meaning to get Dave Brown onto the podcast uh, for the last few months, and uh, just the scheduling just doesn't quite work out. But I'm hoping to get Dave Brown on very soon to talk about O Group because it, it's a rule set that really does interest me. Um, and uh, obviously, with one of your mats, I could be doing the uh, winter uh, Eastern Front with uh, one of the snow mats that I've already got. So uh, mm. that would that would be perfect. So. Um, you just mentioned it there about 3D printing because I've done my due diligence around uh, Geek Villain and it, you do more than mats, don't you? Yeah, so um, we started with a fleece mats. Um, then we introduced a cloth mat because um, there was a lot of people asking for the for the cloth. Um, so we, we obviously introduced those. And, and for the good reason to, to purchase one of those is that all of them are double-sided. Um, so it's something that we we unable to achieve with a fleece um, to the quality that will be you know of a standard I would say is is good standard. Um, that's why we will we will not double print on a fleece commercially on a full scale. Um, I do have a 
every now and then an odd request from a customer and yes we do do that um so we can't double print um for you but obviously you, you know that, that's not going to be a, a mainstream um a uh, thing but yes we've got a we've got a cloth double-sided cloth mats we introduced not long ago a self-cut terrain so it's printed roads and rivers in various scales and and sort of a climates if you like um we offer um dice trays uh, and we offer t-shirts and hoodies and we've got a 3d printing setup where we print minis we buy um i've got a license to print basically um from a 3d breed um is the guys in spain that um create i think a really nice minis for world war ii and asians um, and we are fully licensed um to print them commercially and so um so yeah and then on top of everything else we offer a hero forge printing as well so if you have a mini that you can create yourself on a hero forge website and you don't have access to the printer you can send the file to us we license to do it as well so you can send the file to us and we can print the file for you in here in uk and ship it out to you so it will be a little bit cheaper than if you want to obviously order it from uh, hero forge directly yeah yeah so in the in the few years you've been going you've diversified quite a bit i think this is the only way to be honest with you um you know to you know to provide the aim the the ultimate goal is to have as much as we possibly can to create the terrain stuff um for for the war gamers so it will be like a one-stop shop for the terrain um, so people can obviously get a mats. Um, we are thinking about creating a terrain solution that will be portable light um, that you can place under the under the mats um, in subwave and will be a shapeable as well. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't want to give away too much, but it's something we're working on at the minute uh, where there will be an object um, that you'll be able to shape in certain ways into certain sizes and put it on a table and create your hills. Um, this is being developed now. Um, I don't know when this is going to be released um, yet, um, but yeah, it's something we we we're working on. Um, yeah, I'm constantly on the go with stuff like that. I'm constantly thinking about the new products and new stuff, and you know that that's part of it. And then yeah, I wanted to get something different. Um, you know, like 3D printing is is very geeky, is very techy, and I love that kind of stuff. And I was doing it for myself, and then. You know, I started to print for for others, and you know, we just we just started. In, in yeah, yeah, he's he's doing really really well. Um, I, I know there are a couple of other people in UK that to do it, um, and I had a chat with them, and obviously we we chat about stuff. Um, and you know, and yeah, I think he's 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 really good because I I personally think at at some point in very near future, um, the 3D printed wargaming will be the maybe not the main but will be a very significant part of wargaming um and i think at some point all the companies will be selling uh, files for you to use and print at home rather than selling the the actual you know ready minis i don't think the ready minis would ever go um because there's certain stuff that you will never be able to create in 3d printing you know there's never a feel of of a metal mini that you hold in your hand the weight and you know the way they sculpt it and all that so i get it and and you know but on the other hand, you know, we're moving forward. The technology is here; it's becoming more and more 
um, available basically for people because of the cost. Um, so yeah, I think is a I think is a future, and you know, why not to take the future now and you know show it to people where you can where you can basically where you can get. Well, I I wished I checked your website out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I didn't realise that you did t-shirts, um, and I've been looking to get some God's Own Scale t-shirts printed. Um, but I am what you're quite into your tech and your IT by the sounds of it. I am whatever the opposite of that is, where <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good with it at all. A calculator bamboozles me, to be honest. Um, and I couldn't work out how to get this wonderful uh, logo that uh, Aaron from um, Project Wargaming uh, designed for me last year to get that loaded up onto one of these uh, T-shirt printing websites. But I'm guessing if I send this logo to you, you might be able to sort me out. Yep, absolutely. Brilliant. I wish I'd known that. We've got Hammerhead at the weekend, uh, the Hammerhead Wargame show uh, at New the Newark Showground. Um, and I was desperately trying to get a T-shirt sorted uh, for that show. But uh, yeah, we're a bit late now. But uh, we'll, we'll talk after the show <laughs> about that. I might see you there in the Hammerhead. We're not trading the Hammerhead. But I might be around just to see what's going on, say hello to a few people. And you, if you see a, a six foot four bloke with a Geek Villain t-shirt on, you know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I'll wear a yellow daffodil in my lapel and then you'll notice me. <laughs> I'm, sure uh, can, I'm sure we can find one another there. Yes, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, so things are going well uh, with Geek Villain. You've diversified away from fleece into cloth and you're doing some 3d printing but uh, there's something quite exciting uh, on on the horizon or actually it's not on the horizon it's here there's a kickstarter that you've launched tell us all about the kickstarter yes we are we are about a whack one whack <laughs> one week in the whack yeah um one week into it I am um, never going to laugh at your pronunciation of any English words, Mac, because your English is exceptional. Oh, don't worry. My, my other half is taking a mickey out of me all the time. Really? I'm used to, I'm used to how's, time, yeah. how's her Polish? Is, is she Polish? or? No, she's not. And um, um, this is my point. <laughs> and that's always... I was like... I said to her every time, I said, one, uh, at a point when you can speak... Polish, as well as I can speak English, then you'll have a fair place <laughs> to comment. Yes. Yeah, and then that didn't go well, that conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. I'm, not, I'm not going to get in the middle of this, because just in case <laughs> she listens to it, no, well no, done. No. <laughs> well done, Mrs. Mac. She's not here, that's why I'm a bit of brave. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, fair enough. So one week, one week into a Kickstarter campaign, tell us all about yeah. it. So we um, decided to um, try and print and manufacture neoprene mats. Um, as much as people love fleece, um, as much I love fleece, um, there is a huge um, a group of players that are dedicated to neoprene. And, you know, I get it, and I, I can see the advantage of, of the product. Um, so we decided to start a Kickstarter. And our Kickstarter is not the usual where we kind of you know we need money for the machines or we need all of this 
to start the production, we've got everything. We've got the machines, we've got everything ready. It took us a good few months to test prints and, and, and trial um, to manufacture the neoprint mats of the inequality that we can produce fleece in a obviously print print wise. Um, so we've started a Kickstarter purely as the as the best way to pre-order products for us. And the reason for that is we will offer for the first time in a gig villain history at various different sizes of mats. So you won't be just six by four. We will have three by three, four by four, four by three, six by four, 60 by 44 and 30 by 44, which is the two different for the Games Workshop players. Um, so we will have all of those different um, sizes of mats. Then we will offer hexes. So you can add hexes to your designs for the neoprene um, and any other you know, guides, if you like, on, on, on the mat. So like dots or squares, whichever system you play, we will be able to accommodate that for the neoprene. Um, but as you can imagine, having nearly 50 designs in seven different sizes, it will be quite difficult for me to print and judge which one's going to sell best. So we need some sort of a indication from people. And that's why we use the Kickstarter. So you can pre-order the mat so we know exactly which size the customer wants, which design he wants, if he wants hexes or squares or anything else, so we can get it all ready for the first batch of customers to be shipped out. And then I will know roughly, roughly what to expect for the next one. So the Kickstarter is more of the a pre-order system in a way of securing it through the secure portal um, rather than doing it online. Um, and that way, obviously, we know, you know, we can just basically you know find out what 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 the people want yeah so are, are the designs uh the ones that you've already got that you use on the fleece mats and, and cloth mats yes so there will be um all of those designs um that you can pick from and we'll have a specifically designed um sort of design designs for different scale um scale and sizes mats so we will introduce a Marvel Crisis Protocol mats. Um, obviously, people play in three by three mats on that. Mm. Um, so we have specific design for this. We have some space mats. We have some aerial battlefield for um, you know like Blood Red Sky and um, Wings of Glory. Um, so there there will be um, over the next couple of weeks probably about ten to fifteen more designs coming on the website um, that people will be able to see. And obviously, then support us on Kickstarter. And then after Kickstarter is finished, there will be a, you know the another system that we use to collect um, the designs, and you will be able to go on a website, um, see the design, what it looks like on the mat, see the um, sort of a zoom in of the quality of the print, and then you'll be able to choose what you want, and then you know place the order, and then off you go. So we we hoping that if we are funded um, by the end of this month. Uh, we will get everything ready, all collected, and we're hoping to start shipping out mats at the beginning of June. Wow, that's that's good. I've been part of Kickstarters that have been over 12 months, <laughs> so uh, uh, a couple of months uh, turnaround sounds sounds great. Um, logistically, then, from the production angle, is the neoprene more difficult to manage than the the fleece? It is because. Um, is a lot heavier um, material than a fleece, so the machines have to be tuned in. If you, you know, that's the basic terms. Uh, um, 
unfortunately, um, I can't go into too much details about it, um, just to protect the secret of the business. Um, but it is a little bit harder and took us a good couple of months to to find, if you like, a sweet spot where the machine prints and then obviously we transfer that print onto the fabric where the quality is is still the same as a fleece, if not better. And by saying better, um, because the, the, the neoprene is completely flat, um, the image will be a lot sharper on a neoprene than it is on the fleece. Um, yeah, so logistically, um, you know, from that point of view, we, we've got the machines, um, we've got the machines tuned in into the way we can, we can start, manuf we can basically start printing tomorrow. Um, is, there's no issue with that. Um, we've got everything ready. Um, it's just the numbers so I can, I know what do I need to print, um, you know, fabric wise, because um, the fabric will have to be imported from abroad. Um, we've got a limited stock of, of, of a blank, um, blank mats. Um, but I would like to order, you know, exactly what we need um, to fulfill the orders, basically. Because um, I don't know if you notice with us, um, if the product is out of stock, is out of stock. Um, I don't have a policy where we carry on selling stuff when it's not in stock and then people waiting for it. And, and you know, we can't fulfill because there's lots of different things going on, going on around the world. Um, you know, COVID, um, you know, the restriction of customs and everything else. And I don't want anyone to pay me the money and I can't fulfill your order within the seven days. And seven days is really stretching it. We normally try to fulfill the orders for the next couple of days. Um, we've got everything in stock. So obviously we just, with how busy we are, we're trying to, to send the products as soon as possible. Um, and it's exactly with a neoprene. I don't want to have all of those products online um, where people are ordering it. And I can't send them because I don't actually have that three by three mat in stock at the minute, or I don't have that four by three or any other size. Um, and that's the only reason we, you know, that's that's the that's the logistic and idea behind the Kickstarter, um, is to be able to fulfill the orders as soon as possible. And I mean, June is the latest. We, as soon as we've got the numbers and as soon as we got the designs and confirmation from customers, we will start printing it there and then. So I, I, I anticipate. You know, with the, the orders, the mats will start arriving to the to the backers probably in May even. Um, because yeah, with end of March we got a Kickstarter ending. Then it's gonna be another couple of weeks for the um, the other software we're gonna use or the other platform we're gonna use to collect all the data and then specific designs. And obviously that's gonna take a couple of weeks for people to do. So that's gonna take us to probably you know end of middle end of April. And as soon as I've got all of that, we will literally starting to print. Um, so yeah, yeah, June is going to be the latest. I don't anticipate it be any later unless something happened because we can't predict everything. Um, but the promise is to be June at the latest. Fantastic. So, um, most Kickstarters have different pledge levels where people can pledge different amounts of money. Um, with yours, is it pledging for the size of Matt? Yes. So there's different um, pledges, and they the only different because it's different sizes. Um, there is nothing, nothing else there. There is no stretch goals because I don't think we should have a stretch goals. I don't want to push people to you know donate or you know not donate but back us more so we can give you something more. Um, we will announce all the designs soon so you can see everything you can get um, within the next couple of days. Um, 
that one of the designers is working really hard to try to keep up with the stuff I need from him. Um, so yeah, the, the pledges are purely tied to the um, to the uh, size of the mat. Okay, well that sounds great. So there's a designer working on on the designs as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we published today uh, a Mar- Marvel Crisis Protocol. I've seen that. That looks really nice. We never never ever had this because obviously the the game is played on a lot smaller um, mat, the six by four. Um, so we've got that. The next one is going to be um, for Frostgrave, I think it is. Yeah, it will be a winter medieval town that is doing it as we speak. And then we will have another Marvel Crisis Protocol, and then we got some space stuff, and we got some different green stuff, and then we got some aerial stuff. Yeah, so it is a lot, a lot more coming up in the next next couple of the next week. I will try to publish as many of them as soon as I can, so people will have an idea what's coming. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be a lot, a lot going on with that. It's limitless, really, isn't it? <laughs> what you could put onto these mats, I guess. So yeah, uh, keeping yeah. everybody happy uh, must be very difficult. Um, it's kind of impossible, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, with the amount of designs that you've already got for the fleece mats, then uh, it, it's it's a pretty incredible range. So um, the Kickstarter's been going for a week. How much longer is it running for? So we've got another 23 days to go, to be exact. Okay, and around about twenty five percent funded at the moment. Yes, twenty five percent funded, which is great. So um, I'm I'm going to challenge all of God's Own Scales listeners, um, and I would suggest if we get ten percent of the listeners uh, to pledge, then uh, you'll you'll smash through that that uh, that goal. So. Uh, get onto Max uh, Kickstarter and support him because without supporting uh, people like Mac in the hobby, then we don't get the nice things and we all like the nice things, don't we? Um, so well, if you uh, can't support or you don't, you don't like the neoprene and you prefer the fleece mats, at least if you can spread the love, spread the love everywhere, shout about it, whatever you can. Um, and hopefully someone will click that um, support buy and, you know, you'll help us out to, uh, to achieve that. Um, any plans post Kickstarter? Have you got big plans coming up uh, for the next year or so of where, where you're taking the company? So um, the next thing will be um, self-cutout terrain. So we, we're doing the roads um, and there will be absolute success. Um, especially thanks to, to the YouTube um, channels um, that were doing a review recently. We sold out, within a couple of days, we sold out of most of the designs. Wow. I saw Alex from Storm of Steel. Yeah, it's Alex. It's Steel from uh, Miniature Realms. It's uh, Travis from um, Tabletop CP in States. Um, absolutely amazing. So the, you know, the feedback we're getting about it is superb from, from customers and, and from the reviewers. So the next next is a self cutout terrain. Um, so there will be a various different things. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know what we're gonna do yet and what we're gonna <laughs> use and how to do it because it's still sort of a bubbling in my head and yes. you know lots of ideas about it. Um, but there will be um, you know like a, 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 say for example a, a forest floor um, that you'll be able to cut out and put on a table where you put your trees on. 
But then we all know when we move minis around and tanks and cavalry and whatever else, we sometimes have to remove the trees to put a unit in the, the forest. And there is nothing worse than having an argument after that, because pe some people do argue over wargaming, believe it or not, I that know, it's forest wasn't there. It was half of inch to the left. <laughs> yes. But if you have got this, the self-cut-out template of the forest, you can remove the tree, leave the template on the floor, uh, on the table, move your minis in, then move your minis out of the forest and put the trees back as they were in within the template, and no one argues that a forest one was. I'm I'm a big fan of that, Mac. I'm a big fan of that. So it's it's just to help support some people, you know, those people that like to argue would try to dissolve yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's it's deliberately aimed at you people that will argue over half an inch. <laughs> yes, yes, you people. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so that that's gonna be one of ideas. There will be um fields minefields that can be placed on 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 a table because we, we know there's a lot of games that use them in a, in a, the various different systems um and just to make it quick and easy you can just you know you're going to be again probably six by four um size with printed various different things um with very different, different sizes so you can just cut it out the size you want the shape you want and off you go um so that's going to be the next thing but that will be the post Kickstarter because obviously if everything goes to plan, we will be really, really busy with, with that. Um, we're doing some um, terrain objectives now for Warhammer 40k. So we started doing that on a neoprene round discs that we used for the latest edition of 40k. Um, so we introduced that um, last week. Um, yeah, so... It, yeah, there, there will be something going on with Gigi Villan as it always is every year. We, you know, I'm trying to push some new stuff. Um, but yeah, probably at the minute, the, the, the you know, the self-cutout terrain will, will be is the next thing coming for sure. I'm guessing time is is more the limiting factor. There's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, because obviously, you know, I've I've got a, a full-time job um, at the minute. Um, so that obviously takes a lot of time. Then I've got a business to run and then i've got a, a family with a three-year-old that is uh yeah i'm never bored at home with him um so yeah is is the time if if i had a, a lot longer days or more hours in a day if you like then yeah i'm sure i could push something to to make it happen a lot, a lot quicker but yeah seriously i sometimes i need to uh, i need to sleep as well <laughs> yes. uh shows do you get get around to any shows and and display your wares at them yes we've We've been at a beachhead just recently. Um, we've been on a couple of shows last last year. Um, this year, I'm not too sure what's going to happen because um, there's various different things going on in sort of my uh, private life um, that could affect that. Um, so I'm not too sure about that yet. But yes, we will try to be uh, at as many as possible. Um, and if we're not trading like Hammerhead... Um, I will try to be there anyway as the a visitor, and obviously I will have my T-shirt on or hoodie on or something with with a with a uh, with a logo. So if you do see me and you are hammerhead, come and talk to me. And if you got questions and stuff, um, I normally carry so much with me. I'm sat like that um, in the back of my car, so I'm more than happy to to show people um, what a mat looks like, what it feels like. Um, I, I will have it with me. Um, you know, it's no problem. If you got some suggestions, idea, questions, just come and chat. 
you know, I'm more than happy, always have been and always will be to chat with people and customers, customers or no customers, gamers, you know, anyone in the community, just chat. I'm always happy to help. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, I think I mentioned this in the pre-ramble. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the recording. I'm getting old and I can't remember things sometimes, but uh, you do a lot for the community, don't you, with price support and providing mats uh, to, to help events and that sort of thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, first and foremost is I'm so grateful for the support I received, you know, in the early days when we started a business with so many people trusting us. Um, I feel like it's time to give something back to the community. Um, and I'm all, always more than happy to support the shows. And, yeah, you, you know, we support a lot of various different shows. We we send the mats. Um, we issue the, um, you know, like a discount code um, for the for for participation uh, but um for everyone who plays basically in in in, in the uh, in the tournament or for the winners um yeah we do i try to do as much um as much as possible um to help whatever we can I, I i know that most of most of listeners to your podcast are probably aware um about what's going on in in ukraine currently um so we we have we designed a t-shirt um that you can have a look on our website um and that t-shirt all the money from the t-shirt um will be donated to the charity helping ukrainian refugees in europe um so we're doing it that way and it is doing really well um there's a lot of people that want to support um obviously help those people that are being yeah i'm not gonna go into too much politics because it's not about that but yeah we're doing that and then well, well, we'll put we'll put a link up to that uh, specifically, and then on on top of on top of all of that in the background, um, you know, as you can imagine, with any manufacturing process, um, we have some misprints. So you know, something went wrong with a design, and or there is you know bits and bobs that can go wrong with a with a printing, and and the, and the mat isn't to the retail standard um, that can be sold. But obviously, as you mentioned before those blankets if you're homeless or if you're cold you can use them to keep yourself warm so what i've decided to do all of the misprinted mats um that we have um and we kept over the years because they just i don't know why i just kept them no one knows why i did that um but i've got a couple of box couple of boxes of them in the warehouse when i just sit there so we decided to get in touch with the ukrainian embassy and we will be shipping all of those mats the misprinted mats to the refugee camps um because at the end of the day is a six by four fleece warm blanket that can help keep some people especially kids warm in those days so we'll be donating all of those um, oh, that's amazing that's amazing mac uh, i take my hat off to you that's that's incredible though it, it was almost a, a side joke for ourselves down at the stoke club that if ever we fell on hard times we'd use your mat uh, to sleep under but uh, to put them to that use is, is tremendous well done Matt. that's uh, that's amazing um okay uh well it's been great uh, to chat to you mac uh it's a fascinating topic for me because mats are one of the things that have really taken off in the last few years and i think with the fleece mats that you do it's uh, there's a real 
quality around those mats that uh, I haven't seen before and uh, I, I do highly recommend it to anybody um, just uh, the, there's something about stroking your mats Mac um, <laughs> there's nothing odd about that I assure you <laughs> but if ever I'm stood at the table and not doing much just stroking the mat just calms me down <laughs> doesn't matter how bad my day is <laughs> just uh, just gently stroking the mat. It's a bit like stroking a lovely cat, I suppose. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> the fluffiness and softness of the mat can calm your nerves. <laughs> there you go. You need that as a tagline on your advertisements. <laughs> uh, Mac, for, it's been a, a real pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Um, any, any new guest that comes onto the show, I do ask two things of. Um, and the... the the, the two questions that I'm going to give you, and they're the quite easy questions, or the first one is anyway. And the first one is I'm going to ask that you will return to the show and have another chat with us at some point in the future. Absolutely. It will be my pleasure to have a chat with you guys again. Great. And the second one is uh, we have something called the God's Own Scale Virtual Library, which is, uh, as it sounds, it's a virtual library that guests will... Um, recommend a book uh, to be placed on the shelves and uh, the, the shelves are getting quite full at the moment um, I will put a shout out to uh, Charles who Charles Roundtree who uh, has collated all of the recommendations over all the previous 40 odd episodes uh, in, into a file and you can find that on the God's Own Scale facebook group so and there's links to the amazon store as well for each of the recommendations some some are more odd than others um i still think back to steve from little wars tv who recommended a book on the anabaptists in medieval germany uh that, that's probably the oddest book that's been recommended but it's quite a good read actually uh if, if you don't know anything about the anabaptists but um uh, have you got anything for us, Mac, that we can slap onto the shelves of the God's Own Scale virtual library? A, a military book or a wargaming book or, yeah, or, yeah. or the, late, the latest uh, Jack Reacher book? It, it doesn't matter, really. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone mentioned it in the past, um, but the book is called The Armchair General. Nobody has mentioned this in the past, Mac, but it sat on my bedside table. Exactly that. So that would be the one by John Buckley. Yes. It's, shall I say a little bit about it? Or, yes, or please. Yeah, for those that don't know anything about it. Yeah. So is the book um, where you basically become a an important figure, if you like, or person to decide the course of the World War Two as the reader. And but how you can do that? Um, you read the chapter, and at the end of a chapter, you will have a different choices to make. And then by the choice you make, you go to the page of your choice, if that makes sense. So first of all, that will be a bit of a sp spoiler alert, if you like. But um, imagine there is a start of the war, and your first chapter talks about invasion of, of Germany and Poland and what Britain should do. And then you've got choices who you want to be the prime minister. And obviously that would dictate how the war will then go from now on. You can obviously choose um, Winston Churchill or, and now I've, got, I've forgot the name. Um, Chamberlain. 
uh, Noel Chamberlain is. Oh, um, oh my God! Begins with H. Can't remember. <laughs> Halifax. 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 Lord, Halifax. Lord yeah. Halifax. Yeah. So Chamberlain is obviously his end of his days as he was, and then your choice as a reader is who you're going to put the next as a prime minister, and obviously then you say is. Winston Churchill. So from page twenty-seven, for example, you've then been told by the book to go to page ninety-six, and that's how the history goes with Winston Churchill, or Lord Halifax, and then you have to go to page fifty, and then you read that chapter, and at the end of that chapter, you have another choice. So it's kind of a you know you can create almost the alternative to how the war ended. I'm not going to say any more because. You know, I want people to read this and enjoy it as much as I do. Don't don't spoil it for me, Matt, because no, no, I mentioned I mentioned the pre ramble. I've been sorting my office out and I found it under a under, under a pile of books that and I received it as a Christmas present, but then forgot about it. I put it in the office and forgot about it. And it got buried under all the all the usual rubbish. And I, I've just found it and I've put it on my bedside table to take a look at tonight. So that is uh, that is a real coincidence. So thanks very much for recommending that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll look forward to that. And I don't know an awful lot about World War Two. It's not really my uh, area of of specialism, if you like, wargaming wise. Um, but I, I'm getting there. I'm picking up. I'm, I've learned. There's more than the Sherman and the Panther tank now, and I, I recognise more than two tanks. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'm getting better, I'm getting better. Okay, Mac, well, um, once again, thank you. I wish you all the success in the world with the Kickstarter and, and where you're taking Geek Villain 2. Um, I think they're both uh, very worthy causes, uh, the 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 fleece mats are my chosen mats and i will be i've got one i need to order from you very soon so uh, i'll be placing an order for that uh, and I, I really hope the kickstarter achieves its goal and uh, we start to see uh, the neo neoprene mats uh, very soon so uh, thanks mac and uh, hopefully speak to you soon thank you thanks for having me and then hopefully we speak soon very soon <laughs> at hammerhead hopefully Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, yeah. person. It's a long way to temporary. It's a long way to go. It's a long way to temporary. To the sweetest girl I know. Goodbye, Piccadilly. Farewell, Lester Square. It's a long Thank you once again to Mac for joining me uh, for that fascinating chat and a peek behind the curtain at Geek Villain. On the hobby front, not much happening due to work and one or two other things. There is an ongoing commission that I'm trying to complete uh, for World War II US uh, infantry for bolt action. Uh, that I'm actually really enjoying. It's been a real palanque cleanser to paint some 28mm historicals. Uh, so much so that I may be actually dipping my toe into the 28mm waters at Hammerhead uh, for some bolt action to join in the, the guys down at the Stoke Club. There's been a big clear out of the hobby room. Um, 
over the last couple of days or so uh, like most people I uh, allowed myself to get to a stage where I've got around about a six inch square six inch square area of table to work on and everywhere else was just cluttered up with the usual rubbish and paraphernalia that us gamers collect uh, so I'm sitting in a far more comfortable spacious clean tidy room how long that lasts for I don't know but I'm going to do my absolute best to keep it in good order because there's one thing for sure that when it does get into a mess I'm less enthused to sit in here and do any hobbying so I'm hoping I can keep it in some sort of order and therefore encourage me to sit here and get some paint onto figures. After a chat with some club mates uh, who I played the, the Shiloh game uh, using Altar of Freedom uh, a few weeks ago uh, I've made the decision on the Napoleonics project it is going to be the 100 days uh, using Volume Bayonet most likely possibly uh, Grand Armee by Sam Mustafa which is a, an older rule set of his but one I've been very interested in for some time um, and that will be a mix of Grumbler miniatures and Bacchus uh, the Grumbler figures are beautiful they do mix in with Bacchus very well and I've got one or two already to make a start on that but that is going to be uh, a project I work on throughout the year from now until the end of the year and hopefully look to play the first game uh, round about this time next year which will be Catrabra uh, closely followed by Ligny or Ligny not quite sure on the pronunciation uh, however the the big project for this year remains well twofold actually but Blenheim will start very soon I do have uh, as I think I've mentioned several times before I've got the initial order of figures uh, to make a good start on that uh, and that will work alongside or I'll be working on that alongside the Pony Wars uh, for which I've got uh, the uh, mounted US Cavalry and uh, the first pack of mounted Indians so they will be hitting the table very soon and for somebody who knows so little about the Second World War um, I'm about to embark on a small project and I'm not putting that in air quotes uh, for uh, World War II Eastern Front I'm currently looking at using All Hell Let Loose or maybe Blitzkrieg Commander although that's out of print at the moment uh, or Spearhead something like that but in, in actual fact I think myself and Aid uh, my good friend from the club are probably going to try all three of those sets of rules um, with uh, a, a scenario I've got and I've made out a small order ready to go off to Heroics and Ross for that so I'll keep you up to date and uh, post some pictures up onto the God's Own Scale Facebook group which continues to grow at an alarming pace actually there's uh, requests for membership on a daily basis and it's been great to see uh, some of you work up there so if you are a member please continue to post uh, whatever you're working on or have a chat about a rule set or what you're thinking about the hobby at the moment if you're not a member get onto it God's Own Scale at, uh, on Facebook or speak to me on Twitter at God's Own Scale 
And if you do enjoy the podcast so much that you feel like dipping your hand into your pocket to keep the lights on here at God's Own Scale Towers, then there is the Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash God's Own Scale. And uh, that'll give you access to the occasional uh, question and answer or paint and chat session uh, live over YouTube. I do say occasional, I'm, I'm a bit rubbish at getting those sorted, but I will endeavour to uh, get a few more of those sorted uh, throughout the rest of this year. Okay, uh, that's enough from me for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I found it fascinating uh, chatting to Mac. Hopefully I'm going to bump into him uh, on Saturday. It sounds like I can't miss him. Uh, a six foot four uh, Polish guy wearing a Geek Villain t-shirt. So if you see him, please stop him and have a word. And don't forget to come up to me and say, let's talk about six. And there'll be a small prize for you. Okay, uh, that is really enough from me. Uh, I wish you well, stay safe, play nice, and keep talking about six. Brother Bertie went away to do his bit the other day. With the smile on his lips and his left ten and fifth upon his shoulder, right and gay. As the train moved out, he said, Remember me to all the birds. Then he wagged his paw and went away to war, shouting out these pathetic words. Goodbye, goodbye. Oh, I'm a dear baby, dear from your eye. Though it's hard to pass, I know, I know. I'll be sick the death, you know, so cry. Don't cry. There's a silver lining in the sky. Oh, my old sin, kill your chin, chin, na, At the concert down at Kew, some convalescents dressed in blue. At to hear Lady Lee, who had turned 83, sing all the old, old songs she knew. Then she made a speech and said, I look upon you boys with pride. And for what you've done, I'm going to kiss each one. Then they all grab their sticks and cry. Goodbye, goodbye. Oh, and the dear baby, dear, from your eye. Though it's hard to pass, I know, I know. I'll be because I guess to go, don't cry. Don't cry. There's a silver lining in the sky. Little Private Patrick saw He was the prisoner of war Till the hand with the gun called his pig dog for fun And Paddy punched him on the door Right across the barbed wire fence The German dropped then a dear, oh dear all the wire gave away and Paddy yelled, hooray, as he ran for the Dutch frontier. Goodbye, goodbye, oh, I'm a dear baby, dear from your eyes. Though it's hard to pass, I know, I know, I'll be nickel and death to go. Don't cry, don't cry, there's a silver lining in the sky. But my whole thing's serious,